Communication 101 is it doesn't matter what you say. It matters. We are here with Matt Townsend. Matt Townsend. Matt Townsend. Relationship expert. Helped thousands of people with their relationships. PhD. Dr. Matt Townsend. Known throughout the world. I can take two people and we can get them talking. Humans can understand each other. We're actually wired for it. I teach this method of communication. I call it real communication. It's four things we do. I learned it in 3rd Nephi 11 through 17. So when somebody's most basic human needs of lovable, capable, belonging, and safe, they start to show signs that they're not feeling loved. I look for three signs. Just because you have something to say doesn't mean it needs to be said. I think we'd actually probably be amazed at how little Christ says. <laughs> I'm serious. I know, it's real. How would you describe your bio of how you've made it to this point? I'm just a kid, really. I'm an eight-year-old kid mm. who loves people and whose parents divorced when I was eight. Oh, really? So I would sit back in my little 1,800-square-foot house in the back bedroom, and I could hear my parents argue, two amazingly awesome people who just couldn't talk. Mm. So at a young age, I, I kind of got scripted to pay attention to relationships. Wow. And then they eventually divorced, and then everywhere I went my entire life, I was watching relationships. Because I always mm. wanted to figure out how to not do what my parents did. Wow. And so that literally changed my entire trajectory, which is super powerful because bad things we think are bad things, but bad things can actually be really helpful. Hmm. And, and even like directing. Wow. So wow. my parents' divorce, I always say, was sadly one of the best things that happened to me because it guided me to want to dig deep and gain a ton of knowledge in human relations. I can take two people and we can get them talking. Really? Humans can understand each other. That's what we're actually wired for it. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I think that this is so important of all the things that, especially nowadays, right now, right, with all of the... Uh, technology and you know you go and this is not like a all oh, these people you yeah got, they don't know how to communicate but it's we have a natural need to oh do yeah it. we've got a problem we got a real big problem they say the younger generation is gonna be the first generation that is better at identifying the right emoji than the right facial expression wow because they're less they're doing less face-to-face -face. they don't even have wow. to go hang out with friends they can go sit in the basement and they can all play a game so that that's that's what I want to understand a little bit better because it's almost like a fake connection. Yeah. And um, just a simple little story. A friend of mine told me this. He said he was teaching a student, and the student said, "Real in real life, he said, I live in this huge house, everything you can think of. Yeah. Mansion, round uh, driveway, water fountain, basketball court, wow. bowling yeah. alley." He said, "But when I go to bed at night, if I'm lucky, my parents will get on the intercom." And they'll tell me good night and that they love me if I'm lucky. Oh. He said, I would rather, yeah. I would rather live yeah. in a one bedroom hut. Yeah. Because at least then yeah. at night when my parents when right. I went to bed, they could look me in my eyes and tell me that they love me. That, so think that through. That's the most basic human need. That I I'm lovable, capable, belong, and I'm safe. And by the way, proximity is essential to communication. Mm. The, the closer we are, the more we can read. So nowadays, one of the problems is we think we're connecting, uh -huh. even that we're digitally We connecting. have a phone. It's almost like yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a false, it's a false uh, reality. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, but we keep, on, we keep on wanting to get that craving 
um, satisfied, but it's never satisfied no. because it's not the true connection. No. And if you think about it too, kind of historically and spiritually, we came from a family life um, where we were raised, I think partly P. Pratt taught, we were raised in the loving circles and embrace of loving heavenly parents. Yeah. And we learned basically the art of love. Mm. So when you're being, so our spirit, our essence, our mm. highest self, we know love thoroughly. Mm. And what we're trying to do is recreate it here. Mm. We're craving. So when, when a human craves a connection, we think, I guess it's biological. Mm. Like our biology just needs other humans. But we know because we have a first estate that our spirit wants to master the art of love here. Mm. We're here to love one another. And so that's what the, the connection is just, okay, now we're plugged in. Now we can transfer love. Okay. But if we're not connected, we can't transfer love. So mm. anytime we're even talking about connect, I mean, connection is what we seek. That's the word we use. Yeah. But what we're trying to do is get at one minute with okay. love, with God. So the, we use the word connection, mm -hmm. but what we really want is love. Yeah. There's a great quote by Timothy Keller that basically says, to be known and not loved is lonely, and to be loved but not known is shallow, basically. Whoa. We don't want to just, we want, we don't want to be known. We want to be loved. We want people to know us and love us. And the minute we know and love someone is the closest to getting to godliness. I know who you are. I know what you're good at. I know what you're not good at. I know what you blew this morning and what you messed up, and I love you anyway. When all of that can go together, known, you know me thoroughly. You know everything about me, yep. and you still love me. Yeah, that's godly love. Wow. And then I try harder to be better, and you know I'll fail, and you love me anyway. But what if you, what if you say, okay, well, I could just, because I don't think you can fake this is what I'm getting mm, at. Right. Because you could say, well, I'll just do whatever I want, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you know me. And I know what you're going to do. And I know it's an illusion and it's not going to work. And you'll be back and I love you. And by the way, the same thing is true with God. God wants us to know him. Mm. And the more we know him, the more obedient we'd be and love him. But I'm not going to love him just, I'm not going to be obedient. I'm not going to love him just to be obedient. I'm going to, I have to learn the law, right? So, um, after Second uh, Nephi twenty five talks about the idea that um, after it's because of the Lord's grace, after all we can do, despite of all we can do, yeah. but the goal is that we want to be alive in Christ. We want to be alive in Christ, and once we're alive in Christ, we also will still follow the law of Moses. We'll still follow the gospel. We'll still follow the doctrine. But the love is coming from me knowing the Savior more, knowing God more, knowing Christ more, and serving and serving and serving, and loving and loving and loving. And those mm. two together start to create known and love. Wow. Which is powerful. You think about it just in your own family. Yeah. Your kids want you to know them. Yeah. They want, which is why talking before you show them you know them mm. is useless. If you're saying something to your kid before you understand or they think you understand, you're losing them. Listen, I believe that so much. And it's something that 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 small little fact yeah. about anyone, anyone, kids, Humans, any relationship. Yeah. The listening is creating the space. Uh, Elder Bednar would even get into this, that it, it creates the safety and the space for that person to use their agency to reach out and take the learning. Mm. Right. So Elder Bednar always teaches that. The spirit only has the power to take the message unto the heart, yeah. but not into the heart. 
Mm. So we, it's, it's not going to go into it. We can, I can't get the message into your heart. I can just take it right there. Yeah. And then if I listen to you and you know I understand you, yeah. we call that, by the way, real communication. Okay. Real communication is where I literally, I know you because I've heard you for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it's my turn to tell you what I think. And then when I tell you what I think, I can show you that I know you, and then I place it right at your doorstep, and then you reach out and you'll bring it in. Okay, so so there's it's real. So the problem is that people are wanting to connect; they want to make connections with people. You're saying the real the real thing is love. Yeah. But you're saying that you've discovered something that can really help people do this. Yeah. So. I, I teach this method of communication. I call it real communication. It's just a protocol. It's four things we do. Okay. And we do it anytime we see, um, I call them vital signs. Okay. So when somebody's most basic human needs of lovable, capable, belonging, and safe aren't being met, they start to, they start to show signs that they're not feeling loved. Mm. So I look for three signs. Negative emotion. Okay. Anytime I see anger, sad, fear, um, like what lonely, embarrassed, mm-hmm. one of those needs is starting to not be met. So I look for the signs. And when I see negative emotion, I try to recognize it. When I see um, understanding dropping, so if I start to see misunderstanding happening between us and it's getting smokier and more confusing, uh, uh. then I know I need to get real. Okay, okay. Get real is the acronym. Okay. Right? And so when I, <laughs> I see it. negative emotion, I need to get real. Okay. When I see uh, misunderstanding, I need to get real. And when I see mistrust, like when I see them pulling away from me, not opening up. Shutting down. Shutting down. When I see their fight go up or their flight go up, I know I need to get real. And get real is nothing more than four things. Okay. Recognize their emotion. Okay. I can see you're upset. Tell me what you're feeling. Explore their story. Mm. What's going on? Tell me what you're feeling. Attend to where they're hurting. Okay. Listen to the deep need. Okay. Not what they're saying. That's the smoke. Okay. Okay. And we'll get into that. But the deep need is attend to, is it that they don't feel loved? Is it they don't feel safe? Is mm. it they feel disrespected? What are they really talking about? Mm. And then lift the conversation. Okay. Recognize, explore, explore. attend, lift. Wow. Recognize, explore, attend, lift. And I learned it in third Nephi, uh, Pretty much 11 through 17. You're reading 3 Nephi 11 through 17. You see, you see Christ get real. Okay. And every single step of get real is in 3 Nephi 17. Okay. He's, remember, he's been teaching all day. Okay. He's tired, I guess. <laughs> he's not. But Heavenly Father's like, I got other places for you to go. And these people are tired. Yeah. They're whooped. And so pretty much, by the way, from about 3 Nephi 11 to 17, every time the Savior would say something, the Scripture would say, and after having said these things, the Savior cast his eyes round about on the multitude. Mm. It says that a dozen times. It does. So every time he talks, he cast his, eye, he cast his eyes round about. Ping! He sends the message, and then he looks around to see how it's landing. Communication 101 is it doesn't matter what you say. Really? It matters how it lands. Whoa. Taught, Say that again. Taught by the Savior. Say that again. In communication, it doesn't matter necessarily what you say. It matters how it lands. Interesting. So an effective communicator sends messages that land. Whoa. And they change. They watch for the conditions. They check the vitals. Mm. And then they dial in the message so it lands better. 
So every time the Savior speaks, he's casting his eyes round about to see how it's landing. Mm. He's a very, very productive speaker. So sometimes people don't do this. No, most people don't do this. They don't do this. What does that look like? Uh, We talk over each other. We ignore each other. You say something. I say something completely opposite. I'm trying to tell you to do something when you have no desire, mode, hope, anything to want to listen. If you're not listening and I'm talking, we shouldn't be talking, which is why the Spirit again, the Lord said again, without the Spirit, you shall not teach. Yeah. So without you permitting, with your agency, my words to come in, then let's not teach. Yeah. So until I can get the teaching open, which a good teacher will wait, right? When the, when the teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. When the student is open to be taught, and you'll see, because the vital signs will go down mm. and everything changes, then the teacher should appear and start teaching. Before that, don't be teacher, mm. be lover, yeah. be caregiver, be supporter, be understanding, mm. be, um, be into them, be everything else to get them to the right position, then teach. And if you teach too early, you'll know. Because their vital signs will go back up. Negative emotion goes up. Misunderstanding goes up. Mistrust goes up. That's people teaching without the right to. Wow. It just really highlights his character. Powerful, huh? That really is. It's almost the the opposite. It's selfishness whenever you do it the opposite way. That's right. I just want them to know about me. Mm -hmm. It's anti-agency too, right? Like I'm going to shove this down your throat. Mm -hmm. And you better take it because I'm in authority. But so who is more in authority than the savior <laughs> and, and the savior in the Americas was totally the one in authority. Mm. And he was, and they had spent all day mm. as humans and they couldn't take anymore. Wow. And how did he know that? Because of what he could see. That's right. He, cause he was casting his eyes round about. And so this is what he said to him. He's like, look, behold, I perceive that you're weak, that you cannot withstand the words, which I'm commanded of the father to speak unto you at this time. Mm. Go home. Pray to the Father. Get a witness of what we've talked about. Rest up. Come again tomorrow, and I'll come back to you again tomorrow. So it's more important for you to grasp it mm-hmm. than for me to That's just right. get it out That's there. right. And all he's actually doing is responding to what messages they're sending. Mm. So one of my favorite quotes is by a guy named Paul Watzlawick that says, one cannot not communicate. You are always going to communicate. So those people, no matter how exhausted they were with their God visiting, they couldn't not communicate how tired they were. Wow. And watch how powerful. He was so attentive to it. So he checked it. He didn't even check it. This is actually really powerful. He acted on it and was moving on. Mm. So go home. Mm. I'm going to leave. I'll be back again tomorrow. And he sent the message. By the way, and the father has other places I need to go. Yeah. So now he's not just doing his bidding. He's doing the father's bidding. Now, these people aren't going to be like, oh, come on. You've got to <laughs> stay. They wouldn't dare. Yeah. But, but they also were sad. Mm. So then after having said these things, the scripture says, the Savior again cast his eyes round about on the multitude. Wow. So now he's checking how that, fir- that statement landed. Mm. And then, the most beautiful words, it said, um, and he beheld that they were in tears. He's, by the way, he's still reading them. So he's noticed, he's recognizing the emotion. He recognized it, and now he said something, and he thought that maybe that would give them hope and go home and we'll be back. But 
it made him sad. So then he recognized the emotion again, and he starts to explore it. And the scripture says, and he beheld that they were in tears, and they did look upon him steadfastly as if they would ask him to tarry with them a little longer. They're begging him with their eyes, don't leave me. Don't leave. Please don't leave. By the way, and he knows they can't take it. So he's now exploring their story. Their story was they didn't want him to go. And they couldn't, by the way, the story was both things. And they, they were only communicating it kind of non-verbally. They couldn't take it anymore. And that was a story that he could tell that was real. And they didn't want him to leave. Wow. That's paradox of, yeah. and well, most of us would be like, well, toughen up. But because they, they loved, uh-huh. he opened their heart yeah. so much right. because he listened. Yeah. And then now yeah. they're like, I love that. I need that so much. I don't want you to go. That's right. But that's but I'm saying to your point that that um, that recognizing is what is what caused them yeah. to still want them to linger. And then as you recognize the emotion behind every emotion mm. is a story. Wait a second. This is a whole other thing. So think about anything yes. in your marriage when you see emotion from your kids, the door slams, stomping. Mm. There's a story. Ecstatic happiness. <gasps> Someone's super happy. There's a story behind it. And by the way, in certain emotions, they want you to know the story because they're happy. Mm. And if they're happy in front of you, they kind of want you to notice it. Mm. What if you're like, settle down. Jeez. <laughs> you just pooped on their story, right? You just yeah. put it down. Yeah. So instead, recognize the story. You seem so happy. Yeah. Explore it. What's going on? Yeah. Now. This ho- it uh-huh. softens it. That's right. By the way, that invitation allows their agency to now begin to engage in the conversation. It brings it to their heart. Mm-hmm. And then that's what yeah. allows them to choose mm-hmm. to accept it. And by the way, me recognizing your emotion tells you I see you. Ah, uh, that I'm known. That you're known. I love you. I see you. You're sad. Mm-hmm. You're you're happy. You're you seem confused. You seem mm-hmm. tired. How great would it be when you walk in if your wife is just on the couch and seems down and tired, if you walk in and you see it. Mm. Like Babe, you seem you seem tired. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. So the the first statement of recognizing basically earns the right mm. because you're showing I'm paying attention. And then the invitation lets them choose if they want to engage. Wow. And in many relationships, we almost want to force people yeah. Yeah. to connect with us because yeah. of our desire when really it's almost like that's the irony of it. Totally. It's the opposite. The way it works, the complete opposite is what I'm understanding. Right. Absolutely. Watch. If I walk in and the lights are down and my wife's on the couch and it's six o'clock and I don't notice any of that and I'm just like, are we eating dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the food? Yeah. By the way, can you predict? If I say that, can you predict what will happen to her emotion? Now the vital signs go up. Yeah. And who did that? She did. Yeah. I did. Because yeah. I, I, I can lower vitals by just recognizing and then noticing behind the emotion, there's always a story. But we're too vulnerable to do this. Yeah. So instead, we just autopilot everything and we make jokes. Are you going to lay around all day? Passive aggressiveness. Yeah, uh-huh. But instead, the Savior recognized their emotion and, and, he, and he could tell, I can, uh, and I beheld them in tears and, I, and they looked at me as if they would ask me to tarry with them a lo- little longer. Mm. Then... So what the Savior did then is, so he recognized and he started to explore their story. Um, now, he didn't, he didn't say, look, you know, Heavenly Father has got stuff for me to do. 
and eventually this has to end, you guys. You know, I'm a busy yeah. man. Yeah. So instead what he did, this is the most beautiful thing. So this is him now attending. Mm. He attended to what he was experiencing, meaning he gave it his full attention mm. and he was he allowed himself to be moved by it. Mm. And this is the next line that says, um, and behold, my bowels were filled with compassion towards them. Ooh. So he allowed his his essence, his spirit, to actually lead the response. Interesting. So the first, he didn't say anything first. He just felt compassion towards them. So it came back to him. Mm-hmm. And he allowed it in. He allowed it in. So if I, if I walk in my house and I'm wanting dinner, mm. and my wife's on the couch with a migraine, and all the blinds are closed, and I'm like, so <laughs> what's for dinner? Um, if she's like, oh, my heck, I have the worst headache. I've, mm. I have, I'm having a migraine. If, I'm, if in my head I'm like, oh, great. So yeah. I got to make dinner? Yeah. Then my bowels aren't filled with compassion. I'm not attending to what she's saying. What's interesting what you're telling that I'm learning now is that the compassion comes from you first acting uh-huh. in your in own essence, yeah. essence of, but not focusing on you. Yeah. And it's almost like we always want it to be about us. Yeah. We want it to be about us. But from what I'm understanding, what yeah. you're saying is when you forget about yourself, yeah. you focus on others, it's going to yeah. come back to you anyway. Yeah. Well, by the way, in what other way can you understand another if you don't focus on them first, right? Mm. That's the the quote, in order to influence, you must first be influenced by them, right? Yeah. I don't care how much you yeah. know till I know how much you care. Yeah, These are all principles of relating. And the way to get more influence with another person is not to be more, it's to get into them more. Yeah, Listen more, hear more, notice more, see more. And then when they say something, feel it. So the Savior, this is the neatest thing about our God, is Christ is willing to be influenced. Whoa, 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 whoa. There was a plan. That's powerful. There was a plan put forward by the Father and the Son that he was going to leave. He was leaving the Americas because they couldn't take it anymore. And guess what happened? The people influenced him to stay. You know why they didn't want him to leave? Because there was stuff that wasn't done. My uncle needs a blessing. Mm. My kids would love to meet you. Mm. And so, behold, his bowels were filled with compassion towards them. And then I think these are probably my favorite words in all scripture, which was then he said, have ye any sick that are among you? This is how he lifted the conversation. Have ye any sick that are among you? Mm. Bring them hither. So he serves them. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bet while he was watching them not want him to leave, he probably watched them clutch their children closer. Mm. And, or they, they brought the guy with the cane, and, and it was grandma, and they sat grandma down, and he recognized they wanted blessings and ministering. Mm. And so he was so open to it. Have you any sick that are among you? But can you imagine those words when all of a sudden the Savior's like, I'm staying. Wow. Bring me your sick. And then everyone there thought of who's sick i never i never connected that not beautiful that's beautiful he and it, but i promise it came from them yeah. because sometimes he would be in that situation and he might not always start with the sick he might start with the children 
or he might start with prayer. It depends on the situ- circumstance. On what they need. Because he listens yeah. first. Yeah. He always, so he's, he's so present in the moment, we'll go where it needs to go. And if you've ever watched Elder Bednar in like a Q&A yeah, session, yeah, yeah. that's what he does. He's just present, not knowing beforehand what he's going to say. Mm. But he just knows he'll be present and he's going to recognize, he's going to explore. Tell mm. me more why that's important mm. to you. Mm. He'll attend mm. to what's the deep spiritual need, purpose, principle, doctrine, and then he'll lift the conversation. And so the Savior lifted it with, have you any sick there among you? And this is actually really powerful. When communication breaks down in marriage, mm-hmm. don't think communication is talking. Ah, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Communication That's... is so much more than talking. So people, so communication is not just talking. No. When, you, when the Lord is blessing the sick, is he communicating? Yeah. So watch when yeah. when when the words weren't working as an instructive teaching model anymore and he couldn't just teach because the people couldn't handle it anymore. He just said, "Bring me your sick." And so he started he kept doing good, but he started ministering to the sick. And he would just love them one by one. He'd start ministering to them one by one. And as he's ministering, they're all being edified mm. and they're seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. But he's still doing the work and he's doing the work they can handle. Mm. They can handle being ministered to. Mm. They just maybe couldn't mm. handle maybe the intellectual exercise of everything he was teaching. Mm. So he brought, so when words don't work in your marriage, quit using them and start blessing the sick. Start blessing your family. Start serving your family. Go mow the lawn. Go edge the yard. Mm. Go then, do you remember he then brought the, he then brought the kids around mm. and then he had the kids around him and he started to bless the children. When words in the marriage aren't working, bless your children, pay attention to your kids, go have family night, go pray together. Mm. So don't think that everything in the marriage has to be you and your partner talking. Mm. It doesn't. You can communicate a ton by just uh, healing, by blessing, by exercising your priesthood, by being there for each other. Um, and then remember he then, uh, blessed the children. Then he had everyone kneel down and then he turned to his father in their behalf and that just blew them away. Whoa. It blew them away because so when everything else isn't working, Mm. pray for each other, pray in front of each other. Mm. When you're having a prayer, pray for your peace in your family, Mm. pray for love in your family, pray to be able to overcome our problems, pray for your partner specific needs and headaches. Let them hear you ask for mm-hmm. help for you. Mm-hmm. And the mere fact you're, you're invoking the, and asking for that help changes you. Yeah. And it also opens you up now because you're exercising your agency in their behalf mm-hmm. to be open to further information for how you can be better. Whoa, that's so deep. It starts to change it. But it's, it's simple. No, it's so simple. It's so simple. And by the way, that's real. And any other communication we're doing is kind of fake. And so, mm. but the Savior, if you remember, the, their joy was so full that their, that, and they were so influenced by love that they wanted to serve him back. Mm. And then that's when they worshiped him. That's when they were wetting their, his feet with their tears. That's when there was pure worship. And then the, one of the greatest sentences too is the Savior said, and he bade them all arise and they all arose. And, um, and then he was kind of overcome and he says, and behold, uh, now my joy is full. Mm. So his joy wasn't full earlier. Was it? Well, it's probably, he has a never ending cup. <laughs> so 
it just keeps filling up with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then Jesus wept. Wow. So he was in, but he was which invested. Is so, so look at he's by the way he's weeping. So what happens when you see the Savior weeping for you because his joy is full. So he stated, and now my joy is full. So he lifted the conversation by validating, you help me. You served me. You changed me. That's a lift. And he wept, which is a nonverbal communication. Wow. And can you imagine just the solemnity of the moment? And then guess what? He left. I bet he left. And they were full. Yep. By the way, so where did all the angst about him leaving go? What do you think? He processed it with them. He recognized their angst. He explored it. He attended to it. And he lifted it. Mm. And the vital signs changed. The negative emotion went down. The understanding went up. And the Mm. trust went up. So in many situations, none of this happens. And then that's where Mm. we go back and then we're empty. Yeah. And then we say, I just wish I could connect with people. I wish that I could have these connections. Yeah. And you're saying it actually starts with us. Yeah. It's, it's, everything is about you. Mm. We gotta, the mind would love to shift everything to be about them. But, then, but the irony, though, is it really is about them. This is a really powerful yeah. concept because in traditional psychotherapy, we teach people that it's, it's knowing yourself is how you come to be whole. Mm. To thine own self be true. Um, to your own body, your own mind, or your own spirit, be true. I would say the, there's no, there is no better way to know you than through them. Whoa. So I think relationships are the ultimate spiritual practice, which is why everything is done one by one, which is why the Savior does everything one by one, which is why you will kneel before him one by one which is why the atonement had to be one by one. So every person had to pass through him one by one. He had to experience that. It wasn't a general atonement. It had to have been specific to me atonement because he's going to face me. And so, and that's a relationship we have together, right? We're, we're connecting, we're, Mm. we're, we're at one. And so I think you're on this earth, not necessarily even to just get married and have babies. You're on this earth to learn to relate. And that's why I think the essence of the celestial kingdom is family mm. because that's how we learn to become godly, mm. right? And it's how, that's why Zion, mm. because we have to learn how to take two hearts and make them one. And the practice is simple. When you see tension anywhere, recognize it. Mm. I can see you're sad. Talk to me. Mm. And just because they don't talk to you doesn't mean it fails. Yeah. Just do whatever you can to recognize another person's emotion. Do, an, any, do anything you can next to explore the story behind it. And if they don't let you in, that's fine. Yeah. But just reinforce. I just want you to know I love you. I can see you're down. I can see you're hurting. I can see you don't want to talk about it. I just want you to know I love you. Yeah. You're lovable to me. You're capable. You belong. We're safe. Mm. Reinforce that. And then... And then if they'll let you and they'll tell their story while you're listening to the story, don't get caught up in the smoke. Get down to the real fire. What's the real need that's not being met deeply? Yeah. It's it's probably lovable, capable, belong, or safe. And then once you know what that is, try to validate that need. Mm. Don't try to justify why you didn't do it. Yeah. That's not about 
them. That's about you. Yeah. So you can eventually lift, but if you recognize their emotion, you're into them. You explore their story, you're into them. You attend to their starved stuff, you're into them. Then you lift the conversation. You do not have the right to talk till you've gotten emotion right, story right, and 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 gotten down to the deeper need. Wow. That's how you earn it. As you're saying this, it just helps me even realize even more that this is what God does to us all the time. Every day. And, and even in the repentance process. That's right. That's right. He, he wants us to recognize. Mm -hmm. He wants us to uh, explore, right. to really like look at it. He wants us to um, uh, what is it, recognize, explore, adapt, attend. attend. Yeah. He wants us to like act, uh -huh. take care of yeah. it, but like turn to him, yeah. right? And then he can then yeah. elevate us. And he doesn't even do it to be adored. Yeah. Father in heaven does it because he loves you. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to hang out? Like that's all he wants. Like yeah. it's it's so interesting. He does I don't think he just wants um he doesn't want to just redeem us eventually. Oh. He wants to redeem us from our pain right now. Right? He wants to redeem us from our pain in 10 minutes. He wants to redeem us from the pain in 20 minutes. He'll he wants to always be there and he wants you to always remember. Wow. And you again, you don't have to. But when you don't, the bathroom's right there and no one's using it. Like you can go. I know, but I forgot. So this yeah. th this seems simple. Yeah. This seems really simple. What prevents people from doing this? I mean, we asked the same question natural before. Man. It's just our natural man is not about recognizing emotion. Our natural man is about reacting to it. Mm. Our natural man isn't about exploring your story. Our natural man is exploring my story. Mm. I want you to know my story. Yeah. Our natural man isn't attending to people that are hurting. Our natural man is paying attention to ourselves, mm. And our natural man isn't lifting unless it serves us. Mm. We'll lower way faster if it serves us. The natural man is about lifting ourselves instead of lifting the space between us. Mm. Right? So it's almost as if we're selfish. Yeah. That's the reason why. That is it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the fall. That's the fall. And, and, and it's fine. And it's okay. It's, but, and it, it must needs be. But if we can recognize that that's where we're at, uh -huh. I think that's where it that's starts. Right. It and sounds minute, like what you're saying. What's so cool is the minute you start to notice how your mind handles the conversation with, why is it that I always react to my spouse when she says, what are you doing? Whenever I react, I can just stop. Let's say we have our fight. I go to my room. She goes to her room. I can sit back in my room. And you know what you can do? This is so dang cool. You can recognize your own emotion. Okay. What was I feeling there? Mm. I was angry. Mm. Why was I angry? Because she said that in a way that sounded like she didn't like me or trust me or she was judging me. Mm. So now I'm exploring my own story. And then I can attend to what was really going on under that story. Oh, it's because I don't feel loved. When, when, or I don't feel capable. When she's judging my character, I don't feel capable. And I know that I have a pet peeve my entire life that when people question if I'm good enough, smart enough, happy mm. enough, or enough, I get fight or flight mm. and then I can lift the conversation and find a way. Okay. And this is what I would say is almost in a prayer. Heavenly father, what's the most important thing I can do right now to respond now in the way that thou wouldst have me respond? Well, so and I let my conscience guide me. Mm. And if it says, get up and go apologize, then I go keep the commandment that I've been given. And then I'll always have his spirit with me. So if I, if I always remember him and then keep the commandment he gives me, we always think that we have to obey all the commandments. You don't. You just have to obey the commandment right now that you're supposed to obey. 
yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, have to pay tithing right now in this interview. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I see. I'll what pay you're it later. But right now, I just need to respond to this. The one that's out uh, of this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, and that is a big human nature flaw: is we're all trying to live our lives, past, present, and future, when all you really need to live is your life now. The irony of it is, the only place you can live is now, and the only place you can feel the spirit is right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's why now is the time to prepare to meet God. That's why, have you felt to sing the song of redeeming love? Have you had this change in your image and in your countenance? Because if you have felt to do so, do you feel so now? <laughs> it's always now. It's always you just now. You brought it back to it. Like, dang. It's always now. And so, but what we do, and this is, by the way, anxiety 101, is. <laughs> I'm serious. I know, it's real. It's so